Hey guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. We're about two and a half weeks away from Christmas. I'll probably take the week off this podcast between Christmas and New Year, I'd imagine, but by that point there should be 172 or 173 episodes. So please do work your way through one of the pre- <laughs> one of the previous episodes. Updates from myself, uh, not a huge, mu- a huge amount. Uh, I've spent the last week or so planning and confirming travel and accommodation for the first 10 weeks of uh, the next season and that is 10 shows in the first 10 weeks, a couple of double headers back to back in the same weekend and then a couple of free weekends which um, I think I'll need um, in between but we actually... uh, the reason I do that is because I'm pretty just OCD. I like to just get things booked, particularly like flights. So for those of you who don't know, I live in Scotland, um, which is roughly about an eight-hour drive away from the likes of London. Now, I can drive 15 minutes to Edinburgh Airport and fly an hour down to London for shows that are like down south for me. Now, if I, as I said, if I was to drive, it would take eight. Now, if you book flights early, they're a lot cheaper. When I say a lot, they're a little bit cheaper. So I want to book them, book the bloody uh, airport uh, car parking and uh, hotels and that are cheaper as well. So yeah, got all that sorted. And then we actually had a night away from our little man to celebrate our wedding anniversary there this past weekend. And uh, we went to bed at 7.45 at night and got up at 7am the next day. And it was absolutely glorious. (laughs) For those of you that are listening that have kids, you can relate to me why you would go to bed that early when you're away because you're not used to getting to the chance to get a full night's sleep in. But anyway, back to the purpose of today's episode. And I guess this is maybe going to be more of a controversial one from me based on my philosophies and principles and methodologies the past few years. But it's it's more chatting about when your logbook should stay in your gym bag and you becoming very very aware or just you just auto regulating your training based on how you feel what's been going on uh, how your warm-ups are feeling and everything else in between but I guess I've got to give the episode a bit of context particularly because there might be some people out there listening that have never maybe this is your first episode you're listening to and if it is welcome to the podcast and I hope that you um, get a bit of value from this and information that you could pass on to others and I hope that you go back and listen to some of the older episodes because there's some gems, some real gems over the course of the past few years. But if you follow me for a while, and this or this podcast for a while, you'll know that I'm all about training to failure, uh, or let's say to close proximity to failure, because some people maybe never can go to true failure if they are training on their own, uh, when it's maybe perhaps not safe to do so. But that's kind of what I'm all about, and you know, we're looking into, with training to failure, we're looking for progressive overload. So you might be thinking, right, Vaughn, I understand what failure is, but you know, I've never heard of progressive overload. What's that? So it's just referring to pretty much increasing the load that the muscle that you're training or muscles are exposed to over the course of the 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 weeks and the months. And simply put, like, is that increase will lead to uh, an increase in muscle size. You know, as you continue to add load, your muscles are going to have to work harder and harder. And then you'll elicit adapt an adapt what we'd call a, an adaptive response, which is a fancy word for saying that they're just going to grow. So, right, I understand Vaughn what you mean, but is it just all about putting weight in the bar? So no, again, let's just break it down for those of you who have never listened to this before. 
there's different forms of progression, right? We are we could increase the weight on the bar and perform the same reps, as many of you know. We can increase the number of reps that we perform at the same load. So let's say that one week you do 100 kilos for six reps, the next week you do 100 kilos and you do seven reps or eight reps or whatever it is. Or we could hold the amount of reps we do at the same load. So let's say we just do one week 100 times eight, next week 100 times eight, but we're trying to increase the muscle fiber recruitment and that's a fancy word for saying the muscle mind to connection, the feel, like how, like can you get the muscle on, firing, feel it more, get more blood in there, etc., etc. But when I talk about progression or progressing and you know weight in general, I'm often referring to what I call the total accumulated load. And I understand I'm going a little bit off the you know off the beaten path here, but I need to give you a bit of context before I'm then going to tell you why it's okay for it not to increase sometimes. So if you were to multiply the reps you perform by the weight you lifted for one set, that'll give you like a total number, total load going through that muscle across the set for that one set alone. So then if you added the weight from all your sets that you perform for that given exercise, you'll have a number and that number will be the total accumulated load. So let's go back to that 100 times 8. So 100 kilos, maybe your bench or whatever, do 8 reps, that's 800k. Maybe you do a back off set, you do 90 for 12 reps and that's... 1,080k, add those two together, gives you 1,880 kilos of total accumulated loads. This was someone that did his maths prior to this episode, by the way. So that's the number we are looking to increase over time. It's not just about what you can do for like a fucking one rep max or what you can do on one set isolated lift. It's really the total accumulated load across your session, as long as that's going up and up and up. And you want to know what's like just super cool and I find super fascinating. Like you might be thinking, why how does that add muscle? Well, your body is so smart and the human body is all about surviving. Survival. It's a survival machine. And you accumulating more load each week, what it does is it sees that as a direct threat to its survival, right? Thus it adapts accordingly getting you stronger to be able to handle, move that load easier next time. Is that not super fascinating? Super, super cool, right? So then you're saying to me, well, you may be thinking, well, Vaughn, so what you're saying is, is that when I go in the gym, I need to be putting more weight on the bar or I need to do more reps at the same load, increase the muscle fiber recruitment, blah, blah, blah. Otherwise, I'm not progressing. The answer would be yes. So you might think, right, I must go do that. And if I don't do that, then it was a shit session or it was a crap session or I'm not going to change. And the answer to that is no, right? I think that there needs to be a bit of context as to understanding why you can't progress every single session. You could be going through a really stressful period of time in your life. You could be dieting to extremes. You could have a newborn baby, <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, that you're continually getting shit sleep. So I guess what I'm kind of what kind of getting at here is when it's acceptable to not progress the, um, the weight on the bar, to not do more reps. And in fact, to maybe go a bit lighter and to then just focus on the, the mind to muscle connection. So... I was so set in my ways for so long and really over the past year and a half, 
along like with maybe maybe as I'm getting older, I've gotten a little bit smarter with my training. Now for me, it's probably because I've gotten, I'm going to say for me, fairly strong in the loads that I lift and the effect that those loads have on my like central nervous system and stuff like that. Whereas in the early days, it maybe wasn't quite as high because the total loads I was shifting versus now was was not as less. It was not as much. So of course you hear me harp on about right setting some goals at the start of your off season. And I mentioned this in the past couple of podcasts on on all lists that you want to then progress. But this is where I felt that this episode was quite fitting because even though you know in your mind, right, I know that this month I need to add four kilos on the bar or five or six or whatever it is. So then you know like right each week I need to add a 1.25 on or whatever. There'll come a time where you'll go in the gym and it's just like the last thing that's, that you want to do are going to happen. Now, I'm going to say this from a standpoint, I'm, I'm going to speak about this from a standpoint of someone that fucking loves training, that loves progressing, that is a good bodybuilder, is a great athlete. I'm not talking about someone that's just a lazy bastard. It's, and I'm, I don't mean to be blunt, but there's some people out there that are bodybuilders that are just lazy bastards, right? I'm talking to the ones that have this irrational fear or they're scared if they don't progress they get pissed off they throw the dolls at the pram when they don't progress i've been there i've seen it when i've been at one-on-one pt before with athletes and i still i still hear it and chat about it with some uh, athletes that are, are online as well uh, today you know uh, i started pt in december 2013 this is now december 2022 so it's nine years i've been in this game and i, I i've still i've seen this from the start and I'll still see this now. So what I'm going to say is you've got these goals, but understand that you can still have those goals, you can still work towards them and have one week that isn't quite as optimal. Please understand that. So I'll give you an example from me. I love a stiff leg deadlift. Just like years ago, I used to love an RDL. That was my go-to move. That was the thing that I, like, I was married to getting stronger on that move. So then I was so scared to have a week of missing that that move because I was I had this fear like oh shit but if I miss a week then the week after I'm not going to be as strong well that's not the case because due to being a dad and having to miss some sessions and travel shows and whatnot I've missed doing a stiff leg one week and then see the week after I'm still as strong it's it's absolutely fine um, losing strength and muscle can take a, a long time to do if you still eat a certain way and you still train as frequently as you can but what I'm trying to get at is you can get rid of that fear of oh my god I'm gonna I'm not gonna hit a PB I'm not gonna get a strong my glutes aren't gonna grow ever because the session where you arrive at there and you've had two hours of sleep the night before now someone would say you shouldn't be training and they'd maybe be right but you're stubborn so you're doing it anyway or you know you maybe you're on your period if you're a female and you're just really, really really feeling really lethargic or if something's gone in your life, loads of stress. And just that week, you look at your logbook and it's got a new weight written down as a target and you just cannot face, you just can't face it. There's nothing wrong with dropping that load for that week or leaving your logbook in your bag and auto-regulating your training. Now, for those of you that are very OCD, it's be really hard for you to do. But if it's really hard for you to do, then you should do it, 
right? You should put yourself in the situation where you can do it and you just go based off a of feel, right? So you you showed up, you know, feeling great. Uh, the warm-ups are feeling pretty shit. So you think, nah, what I'm going to do is let's just use 100 kilos Let's because that's easy. Right, say 100 kilos was your usual top set and you usually do six, right? And let's say it's, uh, I don't know, it's the hack squat, um, which is quite light. Right, for some big ass bodybuilders listening, but just hear me out for this analogy. So you've got 100 kilos written down. He's going, nah, I just can't do that because I know that I need to go balls to the wall and be, you know, so riled up to, to get that. Um, so you think, right, I'm just going to do 60K. I'm just going to see how many I get. And what you'll find is, obviously you'll do more reps, but what you find is you, you maybe you'll enjoy that one session doing a little bit of higher reps because it's a different focus, right? You you come away from feeling the pressure of I must hit this PB instead to, you know, I enjoy hitting PBs, but sometimes you just enjoy just moving because for a lot of us, our training is our headspace. It's the one time that our brain is not going a thousand miles an hour. We're not thinking about work. We're not thinking about challenges at home. We're not thinking about bills or money worries or anything like that. It's just just you and the weight. And even at a lighter load, you can zone everything out and focus in on just you and the weight. Now, what you'll probably find is you do more reps and you push hard because, you know, you're fucking not a, this is why you're listening to this podcast, right? You give it the fucking beans. You push hard and without even knowing it, you probably do the same total accumulated load without even realising it. You do the same accumulated total load as you would would done if you went heavy. The difference is you just not smashed your central nervous system as much as you would do going absolutely heavy. So those of you that don't know what I mean, listen to previous podcasts of what I mean by neural fatigue. So you're not building up as as much fatigue as you usually would. And you're actually probably walking away feeling good with a PB. Now, some people might sneakily do that and write it down anyway. Uh, You could, but why bother? Your body, it's a survival machine, right? But your quads don't know that you only had 60 kilos on. All they know is that you are there, they need to produce force against a resistance. The resistance being the load, the, the weight that's on the machine. That's all they know, right? So they're producing force, producing force. And because you're a bit of a nutter, you take it to close, close proximity to a failure point. You know what you've done? You've stimulated a response from that tissue. You've broken down muscle fibers which then need to grow and adapt. Now, the following week you come in, maybe maybe the wee one's giving you six, seven, eight hours of sleep. Maybe stress isn't quite as high. Maybe you're you know off your cycle if you're a female. You feel good. You, feel, you do warm-ups fucking moving well. As the old saying goes, if it's there, take it. And what you'll find is that week, that week in between where you went a bit higher and you, you, your logbook stayed in your bag, that's helped you continue to progress because what you've done is you've still stimulated the tissue to hang around, to stay around. Like we, as bodybuilders, we force our body to go to a point it doesn't want to go. Like your body doesn't want to walk around with loads of extra muscle. It's really inconvenient for surviving, right? If you go back to um, prehistoric times and all that, uh, it's really inconvenient. Particularly if you, had, what, if you, as a body, had to run away from prey, right? In today's society, we don't have prey. Um, but anyway, back to the main point is we're stimulating the tissue. So you find that that's, that session in between where you thought there was no point, where you thought they're going lighter would have been fucking stupid and not a good thing to do. It's actually allowed you then continue to progress the week following. 
Week after that, you feel good. You fucking do it, go heavy again. Week after that, you feel good. You go again, boom. All of a sudden, the week after, boom, hits you. Sleep regression with a little one. Something happens in life, whatever it is. Oh God, and it's, it, you know, you're not close to a deload. Auto-regulate your training. It might be that on any given week, one session needed to be a little bit lighter and the rest were fine. It might need to be the whole week. It might have been a few days. The better you get at this, the better athlete you'll be. And the reason I could say that, because I never used to do this. Never, ever. Years ago, it was a case of open my logbook before the session. I looked at the week before. And then whatever, doesn't matter how I was feeling, I was fucking going to beat that. Every single week. There's probably sessions where I probably shouldn't have went for it, but in my head it was so like this bit of sadistic, like if you don't write, if you don't get seven reps like you said you were, you'd be pissed off and I guess that inner me was right because I would be, um, but I guess I wasn't as smart uh, when I was younger than as I am now. And the reason I say this and I'm kind of banging on about it is that I would push through knee pain uh, multiple occasions for weeks on end, months on end, years on end. And uh, what what it's kind of led to, I got an MRI a couple weeks ago, is um, quite severe degeneration of cartilage throughout my left knee. Now, I, I only got that MRI down my left knee because I'm having problems with it. But it's probably going to be quite a bit of degeneration on my right, right knee as well. Now, that's obviously coming from maybe taking very quick eccentrics and being a fucking idiot and pushing through knee pain in the early years. But I also think that if I was a bit, a bit smarter with my training and didn't push for, didn't push pu- push it when I shouldn't have, I think my knee would maybe be in a better position, right? So if I could go back, number one, I would maybe change how I took an eccentric because I used to bomb it down on a hack squat and a smith squat and whatever. But I'd also just not push it when it's not there. So if, if we were to say, when it's there, take it. Well, can we not just add to that and say that when it's not there, don't take it? Because otherwise, you can end up injuring yourself. You can end up putting yourself in a hole that you struggle to then get out of, like you maybe then need to deload longer, um, or the actual session will be really inefficient. And there's no there's no such thing as a bad session. The only thing is a bad session is one that's missed. Right, but if we're thinking about trying to be as, as optimal as we can, then I think that we have to then have a discussion about when, like, on what days do we just leave the logbook in your gym bag? Do you leave it in your locker? Do you leave it in the car? Or do you just leave it at home? And for a period, for the, for the past wee while, um, I've actually more auto-regulated my training than than logged because. Of what my goals are right now. So my goals right now. Strictly maintenance. Don't try and get bigger. Don't try and get stronger. Hold as you are. Or don't try and get leaner. Hold as you are. See how we go. So for me. It is very much based upon the day. Of how I feel. How my body feels. And there's times driving down to the uh, to the unit. Where I'm like. I can't be fucked with this. And then I do a couple of warm-up sets of stiff legs. I'm like, it's fucking on today. It's there. I'm fucking going for it. And then I'll put on, you know, my max when I lifted was, I think it was 240. And so I was like, I want to see if I could do 230, 232. Then I, move, then, I, then I do it. And it's like, fucking brilliant. 
And then the next week, I know it's maybe been a rough night with the wee man or, or whatever, and the next week comes and I just, the warm-up sets feel shite. I'm like, right, I'm just going to drop it down today. I'm going to do 220, 215, 210. It's going to fucking rep out, rep out, rep out. And I still kind of get the same endorphin release, the same, the same feel-good factor that I get from the heavy set. But I don't get as much of an ego boost. And there's someone out listening out there that's just went, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Right, it's just clicked. That's, that's our problem, I think. As bodybuilders, we get so... Not not addicted, but but you understand what I mean by this. We get so addicted to progression in the form of the weight on the bar. We get excited about it. But often the best bodybuilders out there, yes, they're the strongest, right? But they're also the most patient. And they have no hesitation of going lighter on that one given day because they know that all your muscles know is, right, we're being exposed to a certain amount of load, i.e. a certain amount of weight on the bar, and we're being told to produce force. They don't, like, you know, your uh, your quads don't have consciousness. Your brain does. Your brain gives us consciousness, right? So just remember that next time uh, you, you think, oh, but my logbook says this. Uh, take a little bit of hit to your ego. Go lighter some days. I promise you, you're not going to get smaller. I used to have that worry, that fear. Oh, but if I don't do this, like, I've not been able to load my quads as heavy as I want probably for the past 12, 16 weeks maybe due to having some knee problems. Now, I have had an ability to go a bit lighter. Um, so my old top set on our hacks, what used to be, it was seven plates per side and a 15 right, so close to eight plates, I never got eight, but every time I got back to that load, my knee blew, and I just, every single time, I couldn't get past it, so the past 16 weeks, I've been able to do some weeks only three plates, some weeks four, four and a half, um, some weeks five, this past week I was able to do five plates and a ten, uh, and I tell you, like, my quads haven't went anywhere, Right, so I've I've not I've not logbooked on those days because I'm rehabbing, I'm building back up, and my quads are still the same size. My foods, you know, I'm not tracking my food at the moment, but I eat roughly the same amount each day, which is probably quite close to I'd say four thousand calories, which for me is maintenance at this sort of level. So I'm still eating the same. Um, protein intake's roughly the same, so I'm still. As a, and I'm stimulating the tissue. I'm giving the body reasoning to still hang, like for that tissue to still hang around because it's been told to produce force. I'm just not training to that absolute failure point because I can't because my knee's been sore. Like I've been rehabbing it, it's been sore as I've been doing it. So um, there's an example of from someone that trained to failure for so many years and um, I had that worry about, oh my God, if I don't put this weight on the bar, I'm going to get smaller. Well, nah, I promise you. I promise you that they won't. And me being smarter about it has allowed me to go heavier some weeks and to be like right this week I was a bit sore that last week I'll go lighter this week next week following okay I'm actually going to go a bit heavier and then it's been better it's felt felt, felt a bit better and it's given me a, a little stint of heavier and then something stupid happens like when I was flying with Lufanza to uh, one of Jade's shows uh, earlier on this year uh, Jade competed in Lille and then Warsaw it was the Warsaw one I had to fucking run in Frankfurt Airport to catch us on our flight to Warsaw, and uh, that busted my knee up, put me back to square one. So again, 
logbook was was in the bag and it stayed in the bag. Um, but for me now, because I do the same movements, I just kind of know because I'm trying to maintain where my, where all my peak weights are. Right, okay, I know roughly on the hack I used to be this, or I know right on the incline hammer strength press I can my top set is this, or my, on the Smith shoulder press my top set is usually that. So I can you can just vary it up. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm speaking from a standpoint of someone that's trying to maintain, but I hope that the earlier portion of the podcast has given you an understanding of uh, the standpoint from someone that's trying to continue to progress because if you're listening to this you, you probably are you're probably not where you want to be in your bodybuilding career or you have some goals that you want to hit moving forward you've competed once you want to then compete again you want to look better you want to improve uh, your physique you want to have a better off season learn from mistakes in the past look better sitting sitting third time on stage etc etc so i hope that this um I hope this podcast has given you that and hope that from listening to it that you aren't now you know you're maybe not as as afraid to not progress some sessions as you perhaps were uh, you, you know you take it when it's there when it's not there you don't take it and you just become a better athlete you get smarter with your training you start auto-regulating it as you see fit and if you're not sure what auto-regulating means I'm just saying you get better at knowing when to go heavy hit PBs and when to go lighter and, and understanding that bodybuilding is a journey man if you don't hit a PB one week you can hit it the next uh, you maybe aren't, aren't uh, you aren't deadlifting 200 kilos now not to say that you can't deadlift 200 kilos at the tail end of next year or whatever it is your goal is just remember that time time is on your side with bodybuilding and really the ones that invest in the in that in that time um that long that long journey they're often the ones that do best because i you know take it back to 2013 i wasn't a bodybuilder i probably started bodybuilding properly in 20 2016 um, but back in 2016 like I didn't look like I do now my quads weren't as big then as they are now but you know what I still trained as hard I didn't get probably the respect or the reputation that I do now but I still knew that one day I, I would have that and I would have the physique and I would get the respect and I would do the x y and z I just knew it took time so that's why I trained as hard then as I probably tried harder now then than I did now but you know back to when I was pushing the, earlier on this year I still trained just as hard back in 2016 when I was, you know, skinny blanket long legs. Um, it's just that I wasn't there yet. So if you're not there yet, just keep your head down and keep knocking away. And I promise you that your physique will come, the results will come, and that your reputation in the coaching industry or whatever it is, that'll come as well in time if that's what you want to achieve. So listen, I know I'm rambling now, but listen, as I said, I hope this podcast does help. If you are um, thinking about competing, Next year, you know, you really need to get signed up with a coach uh, ASAP. If you leave it too long, me personally, I, I won't take on a lot of people. Like if you said to me, hey, Vaughn, there's a show in uh, 18 weeks and you're not in a position where I think you've got enough tissue to do it, I'll, I'll say no. I'll say, nah, I think you should do this show later on or, you know, in maybe a year's time. So now's the really the time if you want to sign up uh, to a show or you want to do a show next year, you've got to really sign up now. Uh, or if you're thinking about competing in 2024, you want to build the physique, inquiries are always open uh, there is space for myself uh, for athletes and if you are maybe a gen pop then there is space for the other coaches under brand too so that's it for me guys wherever you are uh, i wish you a happy festive happy festive period and just remember that wherever you are whatever you do give it the beans <laughs>